Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast by Wales Online, brought to you by Gulliver's Sports Travel. I'm Ben James and today I'm joined by two rugby writers, Matthew Southcombe and Delmy Parfitt. Good afternoon chaps. Afternoon, afternoon. <coughs> Benjamin. Very kind of you to use my full name. Um, Matt, you've been at uh, Wales Press Conference today, there's plenty to discuss. Yes. Let's crack on. Sean Edwards, he's the first port to call I guess. Where else? Um, obviously lots of speculation uh, around his future, um, if you believe uh, everything you read, he was interviewed for the Harlequins job, um, which has now obviously been filled by his his English counterpart Paul Gustard. Um that's not the end of it though, obviously that leaves a vacancy now on Eddie Jones' coaching staff and you've had Matt Dawson saying that Sean Edwards would almost be the perfect fit for that one. Um, and there's also the job going at Wigan Warriors, uh, the rugby league side where obviously Sean Edwards spent the bulk of his rugby league career. So um, you could obviously see why that would appeal to him and in my opinion if he does leave that's probably the more likely likely way to go. Um, so yeah, that came up at Wales. Um, among other things, obviously, that's the last time we'll speak to them now until the team is announced to face South Africa. So um, there's plenty of people up there and, uh, and lots going on. Dale, I know you've got pretty strong views on the Sean Edwards situation. Um, well, I just think that um, someone needs to say something um, that, that actually means something. Because all we've had so far, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's easy for, for Rob Howley earlier on today just to say, well, you know, what Sean says is, is up to him and, and what he does is up to him. Um, and, and, and Howley also said, you know, I haven't seen any change in his commitment at the training ground. Well, he wouldn't, would he? But you know, the, the, the question is uh, just how how is the squad affected by uh, you know regular stories, regular at the moment uh, stories linking Sean Edwards with a move away. You know, at the end of the day, his his uh, reputation is one of a coach who demands one hundred and ten percent out of his players. Um, and it's difficult for him to, uh, in my opinion, it's difficult for him to, to carry on in that regard if his players, or and his players to take him seriously, if they're thinking, well, hang on a minute, uh, Sean, you know, you might not even be here for the World Cup. So there's a lot of uncertainty around it, and it's not ideal because in sport, <clears throat> especially when you're preparing for a World Cup, you need everybody on board lock stock and barrel and pull it in the same direction and you certainly don't need people who are eyeing other joy you know people are always looking at what's out there no matter what you do but like I say there are different dynamics in a professional sporting environment so uh, for me there's a bit more legs in this I think you know until someone actually comes out whether it's Sean or the WRU with something a little bit more meaningful um, there's, going to, there's going to be that doubt there I think. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Howley there we do have the audio so this is what Howley had to say on Sean Edwards earlier today whatever Sean has said or the rumours are that's entirely up to Sean and uh, I'll almost talk about the internal perception we have within the squad as players and coaches and I think that uh, it's very strong uh, whatever goes on outside those four walls, uh, I think the players are very mature enough and the coaches uh, is to focus on the job in hand and the job in hand is to go to Washington and beat South Africa and, and win a two-match test series in uh, Argentina. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much what you'd expect, isn't it, for uh, him to say, to be honest, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, I mean, when, when the first question was put to him, um, 
by one of our colleagues from another media organisation, I can't remember who asked them, the sort of line came out, well it's up to Sean and, and Sean can say what he wants kind of thing, um, that didn't really wash, uh, so we went in to, um, I wanted to know whether or not they'd had reassurances from Edwards, given that the management team, I, I would have thought they'd all want to want to know what his, what his situation is and that's when he when he came out with the line <coughs> uh, the line we feared there so um, don't, don't get it twisted uh, for me Sean Edwards is up there um, with one of the best coaches in terms of defence in the world um, I'd argue he's probably one of the better coaches on the coaching staff as things stand and to lose him what are we 16 months before the World Cup I think would be would be a huge blow um, I know they lost their fitness guru Adam Beard uh, much closer to the World Cup in 2015 but by then all the plans and sort of fitness regimes were in place and 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 basically Stridgen came in and, and took over but um, to lose somebody like Sean Edwards I think would be a, a big blow um, but as Dell says a, a lot of what he does um, for me and you can see it in the way he's worked with the Cardiff Blues as well They the players have got a never say die attitude um, it's all built on grit, determination, heart, um, desire, um, and yeah, you know, there needs to be consistency there, and it needs to work both ways. So, I think the sooner this whole situation is clarified, uh, the better. I think for me, the thing that Mark Sean Edwards out as a brilliant coach is you hear a lot of players saying that, you know, attack coaches they can pretty much throw any sort of. Uh, scheme or something but with defence there's, there's very few sort of defensive schemes in rugby you blitz you drift you know so there's a sort of set number of things therefore most defence coaches sort of last two three years because you can't keep reinforcing those mm. same messages over and over again with the same effect Yeah. so to that end the fact that Sean Edwards has gone 10 years with Wales that's what marks him as one of the best and he can keep doing that yeah. It's it's also quite strange we're seeing it with Gustard, we're seeing it now possibly with Edwards is is, is two defence coaches potentially leaving big nations a year out from the World Cup. Like Gustard said today he thinks England can win the World Cup, then why is, why is he take why is he off? It's it's, it's a good point. I, I I think with Sean Edwards it's the it's the longevity of his time with Wales as well. And and you're right to say that there aren't too many defensive systems that a rugby team can employ. But but when you're so used, I mean, there's if not all those players have they have they worked with any you know leaving aside Lions tours have they worked with anyone else on on yeah, the test? That's a good point. On the test scene, no. Um, and you get used to that. Um, I, I have no doubt. Look, if Sean Edwards says I want to leave, I want to go and coach, I want to take charge of, of X club, then then they're going to have to let him go and do it. They're not going to keep someone who wants to leave. Um, you know, contract or not, um, and I don't think um, I don't I don't think Warren Gatland, um, and this is just a hunch, would see it as the end of the world, despite their track record together, um, because he didn't take him on the last two Lions tours um, as part of his staff. So that tells you something. Um, I'm sure they get someone else very good in there, but it would be disruptive. Uh, uh, you know, at this at this time, they might even benefit from it. Who knows? But it would still be disruptive. Yeah. Um, to go back to your, your point, Ben, I think what what may provide a bit of clarity on this is if you think, say, Gustard doesn't take the Harlequins job now, um, England have a poor World Cup, whereas Wales, Ireland, other nations do really well. 
suddenly Gustard's stock has fallen through the floor, everyone else's has gone up. You've got all these coaches who are now out of contract at the end of the World Cup, and there's probably not going to be enough jobs to go around for them all. So Gustard's probably looked at it. Um, you can't you can't speak for what what his relationships are like with that, the RFU etc. But he's probably looked at it and gone, well, you know, the job's there now. My stock's quite high because we've just I know they didn't win the last one, but they've won a couple of Six Nations. So why not go for it? But at the same time, you are missing out on coaching probably one of the favourites for the World Cup. So that's that. But what I'm saying is that after the World Cup, you're going to have a lot of coaches looking for jobs and the jobs may not be there. So that that probably goes some way to explaining why they've walked, why he's walked away and why maybe <laughs> Sean Edwards is looking to do the same. Go, go back to the jobs that Sean's been linked with. I think the one that intrigues us most is, is that Wigan Warriors job. Mm. That's, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting, isn't it? Especially if you think that it feels like rugby union is is working towards a more rugby league style of defence, and it's almost playing catch up. It, mm. it would be having spent so long in union as Edwards has it. It's, it's quite a jump to put his credentials back on the line at his home yeah. club, isn't it? I mean, that's the biggest thing, isn't it? Hometown club. It is hometown club, and let's not forget. He, at heart, he is a rugby league man. Yeah, a great British and, boy. Yeah, and, and so. I think it would be seen as you know prodigal son returns type mm. type scenario. Um, as much as he's enjoyed success in rugby union as well, I think everyone would see that move as, as one of the greats of that code going back to doing what he does best. Yeah, that's why I think it makes more sense to me. Um, can, I mean, they, they, you never say never, but to to go from a Welsh coaching staff to the England setup 16 months out from a World Cup having been here for 10 years I mean I, I can't I dread to think the kind of reaction that might provoke um, and I'm sure there are a lot of people in the WIU that would hate to see that happen as Absolutely. well um, as as will many of the fans as well So, and I, I think the Wigan one probably appeals to him a bit more personally okay um so it wasn't just Sean Edwards who was being discussed at Wales today. Mm. There's a couple of other things. Um, the availability of Ross Moriarty and George North was one of them. It's been up in the air, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. So obviously the context of this is that Josh Adams, Luke Charteris and who's the other one? Third one. My mind's gone blank. Thomas Francis. Thomas Francis, sorry. Yeah, Thomas Francis. He's always the one you forget. Yeah. <laughs> I've all been... Uh, have all been booted out of Wales's squad based on the fact that they wouldn't be available until Wales's first week in Argentina. So they'd miss a week of training at the Vale this week. They'd miss a week of training in America and the South Africa Test. Um, on those grounds, uh, WI, well, Warren Gatlin said, "You know, we can't take you." So in that press release that came out, it, it said that Ross Moriarty and George North would still travel, but that was about it. Um, then we began. Well, not just us. Other people began to notice. Well, hang on, they're still still contracted at that time, or as we understood it at the time, to Aviva Premiership clubs. So they should fall under the same PRL agreement um, and the same Regulation Nine, international test windows, all that kind of jazz. Because um, obviously the South Africa game is outside the test window. Um, transpires that they're available. How they're available and why they're available is. Nobody's gone on record as to say why. Um, Howley was asked about it today, um, as you said, and and he just sort of said, "All I all I know is that they're available. They're part of our squad. Um, they can play in all three tests." And and I think his words were, "Is to his knowledge, no deal had been done, but 
I guess he sort of had an attitude to it, well, I don't really care about that. All I know is that they're in my squad and they can play. So, you know, and it's a bit of a grey area. They are coming back to Welsh clubs, obviously, uh, when they return from tour. But, you know, it's one of those where politics gets involved in sport and it's always a bit of a dodgy place to go. But, you know, it's part of the game, I guess. I, I, I just look at... Um you know, there's been this issue around who's available and who's not, and the rights and wrongs of that. But you know, I, I just I can't help but look at that first game uh, against South Africa in um, in in DC because I you know I, I do think it's 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 starting to have echoes of the Lions game in Hong Kong in 2013, which everyone just thought was unnecessary. Um, and I just I think this South Africa game now is starting to look like the fixture that we we all wished had never been arranged, you know, for a variety of reasons, um, not least the fact that you know the Wales have got a incredibly short turnaround. You've got all the Scarlets players who will just be coming straight out of a Guinness uh, Pro 14 final. You've got a weak South Africa side. You've got no interest in the game in DC. You'll probably have one man and his dog in the crowd. <laughs> I'll be there. Well, the thing will be there, but one man on his laptop, and you get and you get this argument. You get this argument. Oh, well, what a great, uh, what a great opportunity for fringe players. Well, it's not, it's not really, is it? Because you know, if you're blood, blooding players, is about exposing them to proper circumstances of test match combat, and and this, for all for all intents and purposes, doesn't look like it will be that. You know, I I would. I know hindsight's a wonderful thing. I know there's probably money involved in in this, which is worth the the union having. But I would far rather have seen Wales just focus on the the, the two tests in um, in Argentina. You know, it, it always used to be two tests. I know they've played three in Australia, New Zealand in recent years. You know, would would it have hurt just to ha- just to have had a two test tour of Argentina? Um, no, uh, and and that's what I wish had happened. To be honest. Mm. I mean the mer- the merits of the merits of it, as Dell touched on there. You know, they get the players for an extra two weeks, uh, players they're unfamiliar with, and players that are unfamiliar with them. We had a chat with Aaron. I always struggle with his name, Aaron Wainwright, uh, up there today. Um, you know, he he's sort of this this guy now who's coming to camp and has been told that if you're here, you've got a chance of playing in a World Cup. So as a twenty year old to hear that, yeah. great. In terms of the game itself. My instinct is that it's probably um, fallen in stock from the level that they would have hoped it would have been when it was arranged. Um, obviously now Wales, as we've discussed, have got a, a relatively second-string side out there. I don't think they envisage South Africa being so understrength as well, which adds to it. And obviously, Should they have done, though? Possibly. You know, with it, they got a three-test series against England. True. They're hardly going to prioritise a match in Washington DC against Wales, are they? Mm. You know that, that should have, in my opinion, that should have been foreseen. As should Fair have, comment. as should have the prospect of the Scarlets reaching the Guinness Pro 14 final. On that, for, yeah. like Howley's, Howley's sort of take on that is that it's very much they can still play in that game. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, I know because he said about the Lions doing his the same opinion thing. is it, it's just the way the international cal- or the rugby calendar as a whole works. Now you go from week to week, but I. I would suggest that they'll probably err on the side yeah. of caution with the Scarlets in that first game. Um, 
just purely based on some of the things you hear, you know, about them them having to get up at five a.m. Are they if they win that game? Let's be honest. Are they going to sleep that night? I doubt it. If you've got to be up at five a.m., right? well, if they, <laughs> so if they get enough beer, down, <laughs> you know, anyway. So so you've got to be up at five a.m. Dublin Airport for six for a six thirty a.m. flight over to Gatwick for eight o'clock or Heathrow or wherever. Um, and you're flying back to Washington at 11am. God, this yeah. sounds abominable. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a lot of work, isn't it? Um, yeah. So, and given not just that, the Scarlets, since they lost to Leinster in the semi-finals, have had week after week of, of meaningful, um, tough games, regardless of, of how easy they made certain times look. But, you know, they, they've been in the playoffs, essentially, mm-hmm. haven't they? So it's all knockout rugby. So... Whether or not they'll they'll really be in a position to play back to back to back, I'm not sure. Well, and they're still dabbing Germaline on their burns. <laughs> and of course, they've all got burns as well, so that's something. But there are positions where I think they've got no choice but to play Scarlet's players. I think back row is the one from memory that jumped out at me. I can't really see a back row where Shingler doesn't start, or at least is involved on the bench. Um, Patchell and Anscombe were the only fly-offs in the side, so... You know, there's, yeah. an, there's one there. Alec Davis and Gareth Davis are, are the other scrum halves as well as Thomas Williams. So one of them is going to be involved. To um, Alec hasn't really been hasn't featured with the well, Scarlets, has he? This is the John other Evans has been the scrum. And you could say the same for Tom Pryor. He's really, leaving, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. His his season has been on and off with injury and such. Um, so yeah, you know, I I think they'll hear, if there's a fifty fifty call to be made and one of them is a Scarlet who's played every game in the last sort of six weeks every Saturday, yeah. he'll probably be on the bench or miss out. But you're right. I think this this should have been they should have seen this coming because the Scarlets have been in a commanding position for a while now. I'd take your boots if I were you, man. <laughs> See, he's uh, taking challenge on the uh, <laughs> the video on the internet. I think oh, he's no. going. Yeah. There's there's there is a there's little point in cracking a whip at the Scarlets boys because. Then there's two tests in Argentina. There's a few tougher places in world rugby to go than Argentina, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, I mean, and, and um, you know, the, the, we we did a piece on, on on the site earlier. It looks like Argentina, if um, if they're formed mainly of Jaguars players, um, it looks like they're hitting a bit of form as well. So um, no, it's it, it's never easy there. Never has been, and it's not going to be this time. It's interesting. I, I I've never been there, but Rob Howley referenced it. Said as a, when he was there as a player, he wanted to make sure that the players sort of put distractions to one side, and he referenced things like the bus turning up late and things like that. So I don't know whether it strikes me as one of those places where if then if you if you've got an Argentinian bus driver. You may be inclined to turn up twenty minutes late to pick you up from the you know maybe it's well, one of those well, things. Well, it's shocking. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> it's, it's the kind of thing that Howley suggested went on, um, and we only you know you see the accusations from Mark Hughes recently, professional sport we're talking about now with that with that hotel. Yeah. So you know it's not unheard of, but um, they're not staying in the Marriott. Are they? They're not staying in the Marriott. <laughs> <laughs> not long away off. Buenos Aires Marriott. But um, no, you know it's. Um, the Jaguares are playing really well at the moment. It's, let's make no bones about it. If Argentina go full strength, that is a very formidable side, regardless of this harem, scarem kind of rugby they've played over the last two or three years. I think um, they've sort of calmed down a bit now and become a bit more pragmatic in their approach to things. Um, so it's going to be tricky, but the good thing is a lot of the Scarlets boys can just slot back into that setup, so they won't need much integration. Um, 
with Pridey aside, and he's been there a couple of years ago. You know, most of them know exactly what what to expect. So it is going to be tough. I suppose the pleasing aspect is sure there's a lot of lines missing, a lot of senior players. But you you look at that Wales team squad as a whole, and we're in a, a pretty strong place when it comes to strength and depth, aren't we? I just hope that you know that development continues with with some of the more fringe fringe players. Um, you know, my my fear is that. Um, Wales are out there they'll be there with a, a lot of tired players again a lot of front line players missing it's uh, it's clearly a, an alien environment for them against a tough side um, there's a lot of factors to, for them to overcome um, and you know I think um, certainly the Argentinian uh, leg of the tour will will be a great education for for um, as you say, some of the players who, who perhaps aren't considered front line, yeah. Uh, but it's not going to do anyone any good if they get on the wrong end of, of, of two bad defeats. But that said, they toured uh, last year um, while yeah. the Lions was on and played um, Tonga and Samoa. Tonga and Samoa, and there were there were these types of fears then, and and they they had two good wins. Um, so. You know, Wales, I'm sure, can, can give a good account of themselves. Uh, it won't take us long to figure it out either. I mean, the South Africa game, I'm not sure how much you'll be able to really glean from it, given where they are um, in terms of the side that they're going to take over to Washington. But Argentina at full strength, you'll learn a lot in the first half hour of that match, uh, of the first test about where we are with, with this group of players. Um, Warren Gatlin kept referencing in the Six Nations, um, in the autumn about the strength and depth that's being developed in Wales you'd argue, I argued at the time you know, there's depth there but we don't know how strong it is um, and I, I refer you to the likes of Anscombe and Patchell on the international stage we're not sure yet so this will be a good good tour for those guys, one of them or both of them hopefully can stick their hand up and become credible challenges for Dan Bigger when it comes to the big games because we've seen them put in here and there but you know, we, if it came to the first World Cup match, would Wales walk away from Dan Bigger at this time? I'm not sure they would. So we'll find out over the next few months um, if they are credible challengers for that number ten jersey. Certainly going to be a couple, of, an interesting couple of weeks. Yes, uh, yes. You all packed? I well, yeah, no. It's, um, I got all my clothes out ready to go. Um, but uh, no, it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting couple of couple of weeks. I've never been to Argentina, as most of the players haven't, based on what we've heard today as well. So, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun couple of weeks. Um, pretty flat out, but now I'm looking forward to. It. Of course, you haven't long come back from Japan. Either. Well, this is it. You know, I mean, this is, I've ordered the new pages for my passport. They arrived yesterday, so yeah, I, I, I'm hoping that. If I work hard and get my head down, I, I might be able to travel like uh, Matt someday. <laughs> we can only dream. Right, okay, so that's Wales done. Let's move on uh, to the big game this weekend. That's the Scarlets. It's the Guinness Pro 14 final. The first mm. Pro 14 final, the expanded yes. uh, league. And they've only gone and reached it again. Yeah. And, uh, it's Leinster. In Johnny Sexton's back garden, so I've heard it. <laughs> oh dear! Uh, no, I think um, I think Leinster are obvious favourites because they're at home. Um, but I think um, I, 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 it's tempting to look at what happened in the European semi-final and, and just make a, a sort of snap assumption that we could see something similar again. I don't think we will. I think um, for two reasons I think the Scarlets will have learned an awful lot from that 
And the one thing they must surely have learned is that they must front up physically more um, in, in the forward battle because they were completely uh, hammered in that department. Um, and it's not easy because Leinster are big. Um, you know, they've got a the big, strong players um, and that's all there is to it but I, I, again I, you know Leinster they've made a great play about how they want this as well as, as, as the Champions Cup which is obviously their, their priority but I don't know I'm not I'm not sure will we see you know emotionally can they get up with the same intensity like they did for, for that European game I'm not, I'm not I'm not so sure um, you know like the Scarlets they, they've had a busy time I think Irish rugby has had a hell of a year um, and it's and the question is can can they keep producing it? They're favourites because, like I say, it's in Dublin, um, and they've got a great squad. But uh, you know, I think it will. If the Scarlets do lose at this one, I think it'll be a, a, a darn sight closer. Yeah. I really do. Well, touching on what Dale said there, the, the, the one hope or the one I saw, I guess, source of comfort the Scarlets fans can take is that surely they cannot reach those levels again, Leicester. Yeah. Um, they were by far and away the better side on they that were, they, they were test absolutely, absolutely outstanding they it's were. funny you should say that because it kind of reminded me about the way that Wales were not blown away but they were bullied Wales in, especially in the tight against yeah. Ireland out in Dublin this year and it's not something you've seen from Wales very often they were very soft uh, in tight on that that day and the forwards lost the, the battle up front and and the backs never really got into the game. I remember thinking about 60 minutes, how the hell do you rate somebody like Hadley Parks, who's been totally anonymous? Um, and it was some, something similar in the European Champions Cup semi-final. Um, so it's interesting that you mentioned test level there. Um, I can't, same as Dell, I can't see that happening again. Um, not twice in such a short space of time. Surely the Scarlets are going to be hurting from that. They're going to have a point to prove, um, having been blown away. Uh, on that day and like you said can can Leinster find it in themselves to go again we'll find out but I'm, I'm not sure they can reach those levels again it was tough against Munster last week and let's be fair this Munster team isn't mm. anything too special is it no so cl- clearly you know, it's, it's, it is always going to be tough isn't it yeah well I'm I'm one of those who will drop into the cliche bracket of Derby's form goes out the window yeah. right but you know it was tight it was close and, and the Scarlets can take something from that Um you know, don't be wrong. They'll they'll approach the game differently to the way Munster approach things, and they'll try and go about their own business. But it all stems from up front, and and as we as we discovered, if the Scarlets lose the game line and lose momentum the way that Leinster took it away from them, they they just cannot get going. Um, but of course, you know you've got the likes of McNichol there now, who had a great semi final. Um, so you know maybe the you, you you would certainly wouldn't write the Scarlets off in this one, regardless of what happened. A couple of weeks ago, yeah, no, you you wouldn't. I mean, they've done remarkably to get to get there again. I mean, yeah, it's <clears throat> when they reached the final last year, it was it almost felt like Christmas in Welsh rugby. Yeah, we, we, we've had such a barren time of things down the you know in recent years, but you know it, it's um, it's great to see them there yet again. And and don't 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 for a minute da- downplay that win in Glasgow. Um, yeah. Not for a minute, considering the home form that they've. Yeah, they've should no, and you know, on an on an artificial pitch as well. Yeah. Um, you know, th- third degree burns or not. We'll get into that. Heroic, really. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I, I 
I sort of asked the question privately in my in my own head last year. Can the Scarlets back this up next year? No, was the answer. I did not for a minute see the Scarlets backing up last season, and they've reached the semi final of the Champions Cup, and now they're in the final of the Pro Fourteen. So they've certainly proved me wrong, and I'd imagine they've proved a lot of other people wrong this year. So. As Dal said, you know, don't underplay the, the win in, in Glasgow. I think I called them serious contenders for Europe, but I can't, I can't remember. That was really I can't remember the toilet when they were so many points oh, down against Treviso, wasn't it? Yeah, Benetton gave me a scare. That did. Um, they got to they, they got to shut everything out. I think the Scarlets as well. You know that that uh, Aviva Stadium crowd. You know they've um, they've got they've got to they've got to shut it out because you know it is. Tantamount to uh, a home game for for Leinster, you know. Um, I, I think the finals are in Parkhead in Glasgow next season, isn't it? So uh, I know where this is going. So perhaps Brendan Rogers is Celtic will be in. But no, as, as Holly said today, right? Regardless of what happens uh, on the weekend, <laughs> you know, as Dell touched on as well, it's been we've had a tough, <coughs> tough old couple of years. At regional level, yeah. uh, the Blues have just won the Challenge Cup, and the Scarlets are back in the final for the second year running. And it's a great time to be a fan of Welsh rugby, so that's to be celebrated. And you know, I, I think everybody involved in Welsh rugby hopes they can um, they can go back to back. And another thing to be celebrated, um, as the um, the Pro Fourteen have, have been trumpeting earlier, is, is neutral refs and neutral linesmen. <laughs> oh, so we just need your bonnet about this. We, we just need a neutral <laughs> venue now, don't we? <laughs> It's uh, South African, isn't it? Um, oh, his uh, name evades me. Berry. Berry, that's, that's it. it. Yeah. yeah, so that's good for him, first year in the competition. Yeah. I I can't make any comments on whether he's any good or not. I, can't, I, I haven't seen enough of him. But he likes to let things flow at the breakdown, which... Is that a polite way of putting it, or...? That's, that's, that's what I mean, though. <laughs> <laughs> so I, don't know, I don't know. You can interpret how he wants. That could favour the Scarlet. I know they're missing John Barkley, but they got Tyburn, James Davis. It just depends on whether they even get a sniff, because... In the Champions Cup semi-final, they lost every collision, and there was two men marking Tyburn at the game every ruck. So yeah. he'll be targeted again. He's bound to be because he's outstanding. Isn't well, you've, you've seen the, co- the quotes in the week about some poor academy lad has had a blue scrum cap on in training this week, and they've been <laughs> battering, battering the uh, what's it out of him. Mm. Uh, I can't repeat the quote on uh, on our podcast, family show, and all that. But there's a few asterisks in it. There's a few <laughs> asterisks in it. Yeah, similar uh, as well to the way that Wales trained before a New Zealand game a few years ago. Uh, I read a story saying Robin Southern Taylor was Richie McCaw in training, and he had the watch it knocked out of him as well. So, you know, it's a tactic that they use, but I don't really understand it to me, right? That, all due respect, that academy lad is probably not going to be as good over the ball as Tag Burton. So, how yeah. much can that really prepare them for it? I don't know. Are they just saying that they'll let him go offside in training and he can appear where he wants and to try and. Mirror the, the sort of effect that Tag Burns has. Probably just like showing a raging bull of red cloth in it, isn't it? As soon as you see a blue scrum cap, just hit, hit it. it. <laughs> yeah, well, to me, if it, regardless whether it's Tag Burn or Father Christmas in the breakdown, you hit it. So I, I don't know whether there's any credence. But, but like that. Logic, he should not wear the scrum cap. Next time Wales invite you to Australia, <laughs> treat it with caution. That <laughs> <one>. <laughs> uh, yeah. right, I think that's uh, all for today's podcast, but before we, we leave, it's uh, time for the dreaded predictions. Oh, no. Right, Scarlet's Leinster then, boys. Uh, Leinster, 35, Scarlet's, 22. Oh, he said it's still like he's in a score prediction. There you go, South. Have you got to talk right. that? Um, I'll go with the Scarlet's then. Um, 
I can see it. Big finish to the season, back to back. Pivac, front runner for the Wales job. Hmm. All right, Scarlets, 28. No, it won't be close. Scarlets, 35. Leinster, 25. It'll be a high scoring game. I hope. <laughs> That's not got them with Not a fan. Will he be? Uh, he's going over the bookies to do that. Yeah, he's <laughs> sticking 20 pence on it. Good <laughs> uh, thing is, is you're flying out on Sunday, even if you're wrong. I am, yeah, I can't get any country. Off you lot. I am away for almost four weeks, so I am going to put up with you lot. Not in person, anyway. That's all for today's podcast. I think the next one will be coming from Argentinian yeah, so, soil. Yeah, so we're hoping to get um, some players some players involved in the podcast throughout the tour. Um, uh, you know, it's not set in stone yet, but hopefully we'll be getting some players on and obviously I'll be bringing you the, um, all the audio from the press conferences that go on out there from Gatland and the coaching team and, and obviously opposition coaching staff as well if, uh, if we have time. But yeah, no, we'll be, we'll be sending stuff back so there'll be lots, uh, lots going on. Yeah, plenty to look forward to in the next couple of weeks uh, for all the Argentina store stuff and the Scarlets versus Leinster. You can catch it all on Wales Online.